This programme is funded by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland with the television licence fee. About three or four weeks before she was due to go back to Sri Lanka, um, she came in and she was like, I'm pregnant! I've done a test, I'm pregnant, it's amazing! I'm going to call my child Suzanne! And I was like, yeah. How <laughs> many are they in the world? I, I don't know. Yeah, she did so well. Like, And it's stories like that that, like, no matter what you earn as a physio, it's actually stuff like that that really makes your day and, you know, makes it worthwhile. Definitely. Hello, I'm Maria Staunton. And I'm Mary Costello. And this is Making It, the show that reveals the true stories of Mayo's women in business. From top executives, to artists, to female founders, to those providing essential services in our local towns. Stay with us for the next 20 minutes. And who knows, you might hear the advice or inspiration you need to get your own dream off the ground. Hi, I'm Maria Staunton. Welcome to Making It. Suzanne Kearney is my special guest for this episode. A few years ago, she went to Australia and gained a world-class training in physiotherapy. She's now brought that valuable knowledge back to Ireland and is using it to literally transform people's quality of life. But she's not the kind of physiotherapist you might be imagining. Um, so I'm based on Dalton Street, or it's kind of like the main street in Clamaris, um, in a place called the Business Centre. Um, most people know it by, oh, you're in by the lady who does the alterations. <laughs> um, the, the the floor is on the first floor. It's above a shop called Diala Mode. There's a door between there and Trinkets, a blue fronted shop. Um, it's not a average run of the mill kind of physio practice. I do a specialised area of physio that deals with, um, it's got a very long title, women's, men's and pelvic health. So the kind of people that I would see are women who are pregnant and have had babies, women who are going through the menopause or past it and have prolapse issues or incontinence, um, men that have had their prostate out that are left with incontinence and erectile dysfunction afterwards, um, children that are wetting the bed, have chronic constipation, um, also some kind of elite athletes that would have ongoing pelvic pain that regular sports physio can't get to the bottom of it. Sometimes it's more the internal work that needs to be done. So I would see some athletes, um, but generally the biggest proportion of the people that I see are females. So Suzanne is dealing with an area of health that people don't like talking about. But thanks to people like Suzanne, that's changing. And if you yourself are dealing with pelvic health issues, you should know you're in great company. There's a lot more celebrities becoming more open about it as well. And that's generating a lot of information on social media. So um, recently, Drew Barrymore said that she was having issues with her pelvic floor. Kate Winslet said she couldn't jump on a trampoline when she was being interviewed on Graham Norton. Um, Vogue Williams went for um, a mummy MOT, which is essentially a postnatal checkup. But there is a physio Maria Elliott. She's from Dublin. She has a private practice in Harley Street or just off Harley Street in London and she has created this mummy MOT and a lot of celebrities are going for this maybe because it's been packaged in a nicer name um but it's it's definitely becoming a more obvious thing to go for for younger women I think older women then who have the problems for a long time they might think oh I've had this forever I'm not able to get any help for it it's never ever ever too late not only is it never too late, but for Suzanne, 
Part of her passion for this area of health is that solving these issues can have a positive knock-on effect in other ways too. Um, only recently I was talking to the junior physios in the hospital where in Casabar I'm there a couple of days a week and we were looking at, you know, people are coming in because they're falling because they had a fall in the bathroom and broke their hip. So they're looking at rehabbing them from a hip point of view. But I'm saying to them, no, maybe think back a little bit further. Why was this person in the bathroom at two o'clock in the morning? Is it because they were getting up to go to the toilet a lot in the middle of the night and their balance probably isn't so good and they're disorientated in the dark? If we can kind of get to those root cause problems, we're going to have less of the falls and the less of the the rehab and the, the time and resources being dedicated to that. So prevention is always better than cure. But hold on, we're skipping ahead. Suzanne grew up near Kilchamaw and went to school there. So where did she get the first bug for physiotherapy? Um, I was working in a nursing home in Knock in my summers off and I just, I really found the, like no criticism to the people that I work with, but it was like the speed that they had to work with to get these people up and dressed and out and moving that oftentimes a hoist was used when I was like, why can't we just stand them? Why can't we walk them? Why can't we get them from A to B, give them a little bit more time? So I think that really kind of put physio in my head. Um, And I had done a little bit of work experience as well, just because I was kind of getting to know what physio involved. Suzanne studied biomedical science and anatomy in Galway, and then moved to work in Manchester. And in that post-industrial city, she saw a lot of patients with breathing problems. So how do you get from respiratory health to pelvic health? The answer is through coughing. Suzanne saw how coughing can cause leakage below and she got interested in helping men and women regain pelvic control and confidence. Life took Suzanne from Manchester to Perth in Australia, which in the end was a stroke of luck, but she didn't exactly sail into her ideal role. Um, like when I went out to Australia first, my paperwork to be a physio out there hadn't quite come through. So I took a job cleaning houses for a while. And my goodness, if you oh, ever God. wanted to appreciate your profession, go do that for a while. Yeah. Um, and I found that people looked at you differently. So when I was the girl coming in cleaning these people's houses for a few weeks, they were like, oh, well, she's, you know, she's just the Irish girl over like for a holiday. Yeah. And then I'd be like, oh, well, I won't be back now next week. My physio papers have come through. They're like, what? You're a physio? Like, yeah. what the hell are you doing here? You know, they just look at you completely differently. Yeah. The place where I was working in Australia had, um, it was a partly a maternity hospital. So I was working on the maternity ward. I saw the pregnant women, the women that just had babies. Um, I ran mother and baby hydro classes, pregnancy pool classes. I was trained in clinical Pilates over there. Um, and we had really strong links with the obs and gynae doctors. So it was from that that I was like, oh my God, like there, I'm based in Perth. There is a world renowned masters in continence and women's health on in Perth where people travel all over the world to come and do. Oh. I'd be foolish not to do it. Um, and it was fantastic. It took all up because I had a baby in the middle of it probably yes, to mention that yeah, yeah. <laughs> I probably about two and a half years but they make it really flexible for mothers over there you had six years in total to do it because they understood that most women would probably do it when they were on maternity leave or you know around childbearing time so 
Um, so when you had your baby, you had a little girl. Yeah. Did you, did you then do it? Is that when? I had started it and then I did a semester when Ailish was very little um, because she was a brilliant baby. I was a, well able to do it and she just kind of tagged along and sat there looking cute. Um, and then when she got a little bit bigger, I took a break off for a semester. Um, so I finished off that final year when she was, had turned one. The level of training that I got in it in Australia was like the highest level you could possibly get because it's kind of a centre of excellence for it in Australia for this type of physio. And the tutors on the course, they grilled us like they you were not going to get that piece of paper unless you reached exceptionally high standards. So it it was harder than any of the other studies I had ever done. But... On the same note, it was the most enjoyable that I had ever done because I really loved this area and it was, you just wanted to learn and wanted to know more. Um, The practice placements that we did in the hospitals, you had like this senior physio guru who has worked in this area for years and years sitting on your shoulder and you'd be doing an examination on a patient and you had to literally tell them exactly what you were feeling what was going on what muscle was contracting like you really had to know your stuff to pass but for that reason nothing phases me now when a patient is in front of me there's nothing that we haven't seen yes um which I hope then allows the patient to be comfortable because I'm not phased by anything. Yeah. Um, You've seen it all, as they say, you know, yeah, that sort of way. Yeah, yeah. Can everybody see that? In Australia, Suzanne learned to treat breastfeeding conditions. Yep, perfect. For example, um, using ultrasound and laser therapy. Awesome. Okay, so. That's not unusual for physios over there. But over here in Ireland, there are hardly any providing that. So like we were looking at the whole breast side of things yesterday. So with the freedom that comes from operating independently, Suzanne is changing the landscape of support for breastfeeding women in this part of the world. Here she is giving a course online during lockdown, passing on those valuable skills to physios in Ireland and the UK, but also in America, Singapore, Malaysia, Iceland and even back in Australia. Looking more objectively, we look at the shape and the type of nipple, what their pain levels are. So Because, you know, if you've got cracked nipples down in Wexford, you're not going to travel up to Mayo for treatment. But... If there's physios trained all around the country, it would be brilliant. Um, can do that, yeah. Yeah, so there's the teaching element of things that I would like to develop further. How would they quantify their pain numbers out of 10 at that point? Of course, this is all still a taboo subject for many of us, sadly. And that also means that our image of what physiotherapists are and do is still very limited. Suzanne had some words of advice if you're looking at physiotherapy as a career. I would say if you have any interest in it at all, go and seek some work experience first. Um, It's not the typical, oh, you're going to be a physio for Man United and you're going to be running on the pitch with all these footballers. It's so far away from that. Um, You're more than likely going to be working in a hospital, more than likely going to be bringing somebody who has broken a hip or a knee for a walk. You might be bringing them to the toilet. It's not glamorous. But it's such a satisfying job. Like yeah. you really are helping these people. You're getting their function back. You're giving them back their independence. So I think have a true idea of what physio actually is. Like there's the area that I work in. There's respiratory. There's orthopedics, sports, neuro, vestibular, which is like balance rehab. Um, there's water-based physio. There's people who deal completely with rheumatology. Like there's huge areas of 
specialization that you could go into but I think research showed that there's a, about a seven year life cycle of a physio career so a lot of people will ditch seven, ye- yeah. seven years wow yeah they'll ditch it after seven years wow um, and what did they go doing there um as an so example so one of the guys that I trained with went into the army and he's now I think I seen on LinkedIn the other day selling insurance Oh, cheapers. Um, some people So he would, doesn't use his... No, no. His, no. Wow. Uh, some people would use it as like a springboard into medicine. Yeah. Um, other people would go into more like the rep kind of industry. Yes. So they'd be selling equipment and um, maybe go into pharmaceuticals even, become more of a salesperson. But that being said, physio is an amazing career. Like there's nowhere in the world that I couldn't go and work Absolutely, in my yeah. in my chosen profession. So what brought you into setting up your own business? Um, I think I always had a plan in my head coming home that I would set up my own business. It was something that's always kind of been in my head for ages. Um, and my friend John, he will always say, you are always going to call your business anatomy. Like you, even when we were students, you had that in your head. Um, I suppose one, I didn't know if I would get a job in the HSC. Um, and two, I... I suppose I like to be able to spend as much time as I want with my patients. Um, I'm very conscious that like Adish is going to start school in September. I want to be the one that brings her to school and picks her up from school. And by having my own business, it allows me that family flexibility. So if I need to go to a course or I need to bring the kids to an appointment, I'm able to just block off my diary. I don't have to answer to anybody. Um, It really works with my life. But on that same side, there's flexibility that if a patient is, say it's a pregnant woman and she's still working full time, she might not be able to to get the time off to go into the hospital for a physio appointment in regular physio hours. But I can see her at seven o'clock at night. So there's that flexibility to it. Um, I can see the patients for as long as I want to, like session wise. Um, So I think flexibility definitely is the best part. Um, and that it's mine like yeah. it's my little project and your baby yeah, yeah yeah it is like yeah. another baby yeah. um, and it's a family thing like my husband like god bless him I went to Ikea and kitted out the office and he <laughs> was there dragged into those things yeah, yeah like you know everyone has helped to get it up and running it's a real family thing kind of for many entrepreneurs this freedom and flexibility is what being in business is all about and for Suzanne's clients It also means they can access services and therapies that are only beginning to be offered in Ireland. A lot of the equipment that I've brought over from Australia is what I would use commonly over there, but it just isn't available in the hospital here. So I can offer a wider range of treatments to my patients. I can, like, for instance, I have a real-time ultrasound. So it's the ultrasound that you would um, have done in your tummy when you were a pregnant lady, I'm obviously not looking for a baby, but I'm more looking at your bladder and um, how it fills its capacity. I can check pelvic floor movement on the ultrasound. Um, when I send the person off to have a wee, I rescan them and make sure that their bladder is fully empty. So even that piece of equipment just can tell me so much, particularly if it's um, in a patient that doesn't, for whatever reason, want a vaginal examination or can't have one if it's a certain stage of pregnancy. So I have all these other tools at my fingertips in my private clinic that I just just don't have um, in the hospital. So Suzanne is a highly qualified physiotherapist with tons of skills and experience. But that didn't mean she was so confident with the business side of things. So she applied to the Empower course, which I help run at GMIT. The opportunity for the course came up. I knew it was a fantastic opportunity. 
I always said going into any kind of business thing, I know how to treat the patients. Like the physio part is not the problem. It's the running the business, like the the marketing and the sales and the taxation and all that sort of stuff. I didn't have a clue. Um, so the course gave me all of that and I knew I had to take it because otherwise I didn't know when it should run again. And just like she did in Australia, Suzanne brought her second newborn baby into the classroom with her. And he was welcomed and... You know, there was no big deal. You just all took it in your stride. Um, yeah, sure. Just, it, yeah. It's that everybody loves a little baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would 100% recommend any woman to do it. For one, if you're ever in an envi- a group environment and you bring a newborn baby in there, you are going to have people fighting over that baby to help you, to carry it, to burp it. Like, literally the only thing they wouldn't do is feed him. <laughs> um, I just think I was lucky as well, to be fair. Both of my kids were quite placid children. Like yes. if they were hollering the place down, I would think differently about bringing them in. Um, but you can only go if it doesn't work, then that's exactly. fine. You know, but you have to go and try. And nobody judges, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's all a learning for everybody. I want to finish up with this lovely story that Suzanne told me when I asked about the kind of moments that give her a buzz as a physio. Have a listen. One lady she'll always stick in my head. Um, she was a doctor and she was in an arranged marriage to a hus- her husband. He was a doctor as well. And as long as they were still studying medicine, uh, his father was okay that there was no grandchildren coming along. But then they both finished their studies. Um, they were due to go back to Sri Lanka in the next year or two. Um, the pressure was mounting on this girl. Um, she had had sexual abuse when she was a child and herself and the husband had never been able to consummate the marriage because she was just too sore and painful down there and couldn't tolerate it and she just rocked into my office one day and was like I have to get pregnant or my marriage is over I'll be declared barren my family will be in shame I was like oh my god like that is a lot of pressure Um, but we worked together and now with that I did need to see her quite a bit but one day she bounced into the office and she, I was like, okay, tell me what's happened. She was like, we had sex and it worked. It was amazing. And I was like, okay, grand. And then we keep, kept working. And then about three or four weeks before she was due to go back to Sri Lanka, she came in and she was like, I'm pregnant. I've done a test. Oh, I'm pregnant. It's amazing. Trying. I'm going to call my child Suzanne. I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How many Suzannes are there in the world? <laughs> I, I don't know. But even for her to, like, it wasn't just her becoming a mother, like, her marriage was on the line, her reputation, her family's reputation. It was just huge. Huge pressure for you as well as her. Well, I only gave her the tools. It was up to her to do the homework. Yeah, she did so well. Like, and it's stories like that, that, like, no matter what you earn as a physio, it's actually stuff like that that really makes your day and, you know, makes it worthwhile. Definitely. You've been listening to Making It. Thanks so much to my guest this week, Suzanne Kearney of Anatomy Physiotherapy. Her website is at anatomyphysiotherapy.ie. Share your thoughts and questions with us in our Facebook community. Just search for Making It Mayo. You can also email makingitmayo at gmail.com or tweet at makingitmayo. The show was recorded remotely for Clamoris Community Radio. You can find more fascinating local stories at ccr946.ie. I'm Maria Staunton. Until next time, thank you for listening. This programme is funded by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland with the television licence fee.